Can your best life really be hashtag no filter? My name is Nathan Wilson, and this is Zoom Out, the Career Center podcast. Have you ever heard the phrase effortless perfection? I know I've heard it on campus a number of times, and it drives me nuts. Why? Because it's not real. It's not a thing. No one is perfect. No one has ever been perfect. No one has ever been effortlessly perfect. No one will ever be effortlessly perfect. It doesn't exist. It's such an absurd standard that I can't even believe it's ever said. But you can find yourself on social media wondering if that's the case. Because you look at everybody's rose-filtered version of their lives and start to lose track of reality. It seems like everyone's good, everyone's happy but you. But that's not real. If you don't believe me, take it from Asena O'Neill. So she was an Instagram model out of Australia who had hundreds of thousands of followers and was making good money doing it. And then one day decided, I hate this. And she wanted to expose what the real life of an Instagram model looks like. So she did. She deleted a whole bunch of her photos and then recaptioned some of the existing photos to tell the real story behind all these pictures that were supposed to look natural and effortless. So the first one I've got on here, she's uh, got a big smile on her face. It's a headshot. And the caption reads, I had acne here. This is a lot of makeup. I was smiling because I thought I looked good. Happiness based on aesthetics will suffocate your potential here on Earth. The next one is a swimsuit shot where she's looking straight down in a pose that, again, is supposed to look natural, like someone had just taken a photo of an everyday person. Caption reads, not real life. Took over a hundred in similar poses, trying to make my stomach look good. Would have hardly eaten that day. Would have yelled at my little sister to keep taking them until I was somewhat proud of this. Yep, so totally hashtag goals. There's another one, a uh, model out of the UK who did kind of the same thing. She had a really good following and decided to expose what this really was. And so she put a couple photos on there and explained it. One of them is uh, her on the beach doing what's supposed to look like a spontaneous jump. Well, the truth is it took a half hour and over 300 pictures taken by her poor boyfriend who was roped in as the official photographer. She knew it was ridiculous and how absolutely absurd to be out there for a half hour trying to recreate spontaneity. The next one is her in a yoga pose reading a book with a big smile on her face. Well, the truth is she didn't do any exercise that day at all. She's got crime and punishment in her hands, and it took her a year to read, and she never smiled like that while she was reading. She's got another photo on here where she's showing off her new workout shoes, and she's sitting in a chair in workout attire. Apparently, uh, upon capturing the photo, her boyfriend photographer exclaimed, Wow, your stomach flap has folded up to look like an eight-pack. Which led to a whole bunch of comments like, abs, girl, and washboard, which she says made her feel guilty. Uh, she's even got one on here of a glass of green-looking juice that was supposed to fit the whole clean eating thing, but she said that the juice didn't even look like that. She used filters to make it look green and healthier. I mean, how ridiculous. All the effort that's put into looking natural, and it's all fake, but it can deceive us. I found a meme with a uh, quote that's attributed to Bill Murray that says, Social media is training us to compare our lives instead of appreciating everything we are. No wonder why everyone is always depressed. Well, this is exactly right. Okay, you are not your social media, and other people are not their social media. It's not real. So what does this have to do with career? 
Well, in line with the Bill Murray quote, it's not about feigning perfection or chasing this impossible dream of effortless perfection. It's about appreciating everything you are, and that's the good and the bad, the strengths and the weaknesses. I can guarantee you that any interview you go into, they're going to ask you about what your weakness or weaknesses are, or about a time that you failed. Now, why do they ask you that? Is it to make you feel bad about yourself? Is it to make you feel embarrassed or ashamed? No. They're going to get an employee who's failed and who has weaknesses, whether they want to or not, because that's what it is to be human. And it's not about whether or not you failed. It's about how you addressed it and how you overcame it. Any job or any graduate program or any internship you go into, any situation that's worth going through, there's going to be a learning curve and you're going to face adversity. So it's not a matter of if you failed, it's if you're going to be able to handle the challenges that are coming your way. So be honest with yourself and be honest with them. It's a big red flag if you don't have any sort of failure story because it's going to happen sooner or later. I mean, I know working with uh, pre-med students, that's that's something that we really sniff out because from an admissions perspective for medical school, if they haven't failed and you know it's going to happen sooner or later, do you really want their first big failure in their life to be when they're, you know, year three or year four, when they're way in debt and they're way far along in the program? The program is making a tremendous investment in you, and the last thing they want to have happen is you to go all this way just to fall apart. In talking about your weaknesses, again, it's not about trying to fake perfection. It's about talking about what those weaknesses are, but more importantly, how you've been addressing them. It's very obvious to an employer who just Googled how to answer that question. And the cliche answers like, I care too much, or I take on too many responsibilities. Uh, Those are tough sells because they hear that answer a lot. And that's not even a perfect answer anyways, even if they hadn't already heard it. Because if you take on too many responsibilities, that means that you may burn out. That also may mean that you're a pushover or that you can't manage your time effectively. Of course, you could have some deal breaker weaknesses. Uh, I heard about at a previous place where I worked, there was someone that was applying for a communications position and they said that their greatest weakness was communication. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. Of course, you don't want to say that. But when you, ask, when you are asked that question in an interview, you don't just answer what your weakness is. You talk about how you discovered that that was a weakness, what you've been doing to address it, and how to make sure that it's not going to be a problem in a job. And I don't want to focus too much on the negative, because being aware of your strengths and appreciating them are really important, too. You'll never know exactly what to expect when you go into a job interview, but if you have a handful of sort of success stories of yours that you have in your pocket that you can tell them on command, then it's really just a matter of waiting for the right question before you can talk about it. I fully acknowledge that that can feel weird. It feels odd, like you're boasting. But you have to. And it's not boasting. It's self-promotion. You are a product that you are trying to sell to them as a candidate. So it's a lot easier to undersell and a lot harder to oversell. Evidence is crucial, though, when you're talking about successes. I can tell you that I'm anything, but you have no reason to believe me unless I can back it up. What if you're having a hard time figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses are? Well, I know I've mentioned this in a different episode, but ask people for feedback. I'm pretty confident that they won't be shy about giving it to you. And make sure that you seek out negative feedback as well, because it's not negative. It's something that you can learn on, right? Do you see this as a weakness or do you see it as an area of improvement? 
virtually nothing is in stone. You could work on any of these things. And very few of those, like I said, are going to be deal breakers in an interview as long as you can make a compelling case for how you've addressed it, how you are currently addressing it, how it's not going to be a problem at the job. And in interviewing on the whole, it's like any other skill. It takes practice. You don't want a script, but you can go in there with a general idea of what it is you want to talk about. And ultimately, it should feel comfortable in the end if you really know yourself, because then you're just talking about yourself instead of trying to recreate something scripted. And chances are they're going to be able to see right through that anyways, because anyone that's done a lot of interviews before, you can tell very clearly who's just speaking naturally and who's trying to give them some sort of regurgitated narrative that they've been practicing over and over again. If you want some help with interviewing and all that stuff, you can always come see us at the Career Center. Something else you may consider doing is recording yourself. I know, it feels very strange, and trust me, in hours of editing these podcasts, you never fully get used to the sound of your own voice, take it from me, but it really does help. You are not your social media because you are imperfect, and that makes you great. Thanks a lot for listening. See you next time. If you like what you heard, check out our website at studentaffairs.duke.edu career for more content and helpful resources. Also, don't forget to follow the Duke Career Center on social media at Duke Careers. For appointments with a counselor or to apply to jobs or check out career events that are happening on campus and beyond, visit Career Connections at careerconnections.duke.edu. Thanks a lot for listening.